but it was my worst year as a leader, but it was also transformational. And it's moved into this year now where I'm more excited than I've ever been. I think my leadership team is behind me more than I've ever been. And, you know, it's all about having this great year, uh, getting back to, you know, doing, doing the things we want to do. So, Welcome to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Rains. As leaders, you have the ability to design and lead culture intentionally. Hear from culture leaders who are moving from a values list to values lived. Welcome back to the Build Your Culture Brand podcast. I'm bringing back to you a previous guest, Mark Cufford, whom we interviewed on another episode. And there was just so much more in that episode that I wanted to be able to share with you that I wanted to make sure we were able to highlight these particular topics in a special way. So we'll jump into the conversation in just a minute. Mark Cufford is a Chick-fil-A owner-operator in Northwest Arkansas there in Bentonville and and Rogers, Arkansas. So um, he talks about in the previous episode about how he he was awarded that second location during a, a tough time and there are circumstances that led up to that over the the, the death of a friend, a fellow owner-operator, a friend of, of both of ours, and but yet then the, the blessing of taking over one of those locations and some of the challenges in leading that team and guiding them through a very difficult time. We unpack some of those changes and some of the new practices that he has. But then also in this episode, he highlights that you know, in the couple of years after that happened, in this last year through the end of COVID and just some other challenges, he really faced what he calls the toughest leadership year for him. And so we get into that and he shares very openly about some of the indicators that that he noticed going into it, but also his pathway out of that and some of the recovery and really the growth that they've had since that moment of truth. And so listen now as as I jump in, right kind of in the middle of a conversation about that those challenges of multi and leading two locations, and then it gets into some of these other topics that I'm, I'm mentioning today. So you mentioned a minute ago about a change in leadership style, moving to second location. In fact, you were already preparing in your in your thinking about how to lead an organization that's ready for more of an enterprise. We talk, we call that enterprise level. It's not focused on one location. You're looking at it as a, a larger enterprise. So what were some of the leadership uh, skills that you had to, or leadership thinking that you had to change to be ready for that? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, just the capacity is one of those things. And sometimes that involves who are the people at your top of your leadership structure uh, team and do they, are they going to also increase in their capacity moving into multi-restaurant and some people are going to stay in one store, but over time, you know, you need to have some people that are helping you over both stores. And what does that look like and identifying that? And I had to, I had to figure that out. And um, in that process too, you have some people that move on and, uh, and so there was change that occurred at both restaurants. Uh, and so uh, while I'm learning how to run two stores, uh, also learning how to 
develop the, the people and the structure to be able to do that as well. Yeah, we literally have just completed um, going through all the uh, role descriptions um, with success factors, measurable outcomes, all that for all of our, our C-suite, you know, our uh, chief officers, I have three of those, and then our store directors. And we just literally have completed that, you know, in the last month or two. Uh, and, you know, we're over three years in. That's that's incredible. I'm thinking about we have five uh, five of our clients in the last several months were, were just awarded a second location. So hopefully they're listening here and just thinking through like, okay, as I as I move into that role, what are some of those challenges? And some of the people that got you there won't get you to that next level. And 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 it what you did was you you gave them the opportunity. I saw you do this. You you called them up to that next level and some opted out and some opted in. Um, but you, you know, the challenge was clarifying what does this new level require of you and I'll help you get there. But that was a challenge for everyone. Yeah. I remember I had Alan Kaiser. He's a uh, great multi-restaurant operator in Conway, Arkansas, a good friend. Had him come out my process for multi-restaurant sort of had him do a visit with some of his leaders. And one of the things he told us, he said, some of you won't be there. You know, he said, Mark, some of these folks, you know, will rise up and others you're going to be replacing them. It, you know, some will rise up and some won't. And he was exactly right, you know, in that process. So. And I know some of those people, right. And they launched into something that was better for them. So it, it wasn't, it was, it was actually, there were good moments. And so they've, there was really a launch that took place. Yeah, that's our um, value proposition. We'll know you grow, you launch you. And look, you know, most for most people, Chick-fil-A isn't life, right? They're not going to work for us 20, 30 years. Uh, it's also a great privilege when you can launch somebody forward to their next thing. So I believe that, you know, God brings certain things in our life. There's whether it's a change in a business or a personal change where he's moving, it happens to be the timing wise, he's moving that person on to their next thing. One of my best directors uh, that I've ever had uh, that moved on during that time uh, had become a mom. And now I see her at our local bank whenever I go over there. It's just exactly what she needed. And so, um, uh, but some of that change and everything sort of facilitated that. And um, it's neat that, you know, is as positive. It is. Yeah. And part of leadership is managing that to make it as positive as possible. So good, good job. You've, you've handled it well and navigated so many of those changes. All right, Mark. So thanks for sharing with us about, you know, some of the challenges of multi-site. One, one of the things I've noticed is that even if you have, you know, you have two locations or three locations, there are some differences that are often kind of natural and okay, but but yet you want them there. You want there to be alignment. So, what are some ways that you really push for alignment, and what are some areas that differences are are okay or just natural? You know, as I said, uh, a lot of this has really come when it comes to alignment. You know, it's been a process over three years where not everything is perfectly aligned yet, but for the most part, things are. And when I think about those things for alignment and where I want alignment and unity. Uh, I think about, of course, org structure, role descriptions, um, 
you know, we have the same mission, purpose, core values. I know there's some, some, I've seen some uh, play, it's not right or wrong, I guess, but for me, I like alignment on that versus, you know, two different stores having two different mission statements, I'll say, kind of thing. Um, we try and do best practices and have alignment there when it comes to money and among some of those uh, just very basic things so that if we have people going back and forth between the two stores as well, you know, it's, uh, it's seamless that way. Um, individual personality. I mean, you know, you're going to have different, a um, little bit different culture personality wise, not value wise at each store. And uh, so there's also unique context to where each store is and you know, what are their strengths, weaknesses, depending on their, uh, the, the uh, context around the store. So I think um, where you can have not be aligned is goals can be store specific. Um, where you've got a focus can be different. You know, one store may be really big for um, mobile curbside. The other store isn't, you know, that could be something. One store has single lane drive through another one has double lane drive through like mine have. Uh, so there's those kind of differences. You're looking at those different, there's different ways you're doing them and different ways you're bagging and all those kind of things. And I think that's pretty self-apparent, but, um, you know, third party, are you going to do that or not do that? Well, you can have, you know, four miles away and West Wall has a very different situation than Bentonville has. Is that kind of helpful? Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, I know one of, and so that's really good. I like how you divided the ideas of alignment on values and mission, vision, all that, but especially that values piece and then contextualizing for the geography of maybe how our buildings designed or, or even the personalities involved. I mean, it, it just kind of takes a, a life of its own based on those personalities. In fact, you mentioned Bruce Poser a while ago, one of the leaders last week, I was having a conversation with Jessica there, and she said, we call it siblings. It, we're in the same family. We have the same family values, but it's like we're siblings in a family. So I like that kind of language. One of the, it's kind of been interesting because in our situation, the last couple of years, different people have struggled at various degrees with staffing. Uh, I've had a, some big issues with staffing. And so we've had a lot of back and forth where, you know, okay, this store's short today. A couple people go from Bentonville to West Walnut. The next day it's West Walnut to Bentonville. And in that then, it's not quite like siblings or what I've seen in other stores where, you know, things are more stable and they sort of develop a little bit of a different personality. Um, they do, but it's just not as much as it probably will be down the road when, as we get staffed stronger, we don't have as much of that going back and forth with team members and leaders and stuff. Okay. So there is a sharing that can happen and that, that it has an effect on culture. I know lately too, one of the things I heard you talk about was there, there's kind of a meeting that takes place between some of the roles in the different locations. Is, is there something like strategic about having, someone in this role and someone in the other same role meet together? Well, we do. We have uh, uh, a training director at Bentonville. Right now, that position is not being filled at West Walnut. We're developing somebody in there, the training area lead, a step below being a director. 
And so they meet together on a you know somewhat regular basis. Some of it's sharing, but it's also some coaching and development going on there from the training director to the area uh, area training lead at, uh, at West Walnut. Okay. So kind of a mentoring relationship can be really helpful when you have two locations. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. One of the questions, thinking about failure, right? So what, what are some, what's a recent, something that you might call a failure, but actually it ended up propelling you forward? Yeah. Of course, we know each other really well. We have for a long time. And, uh, but yeah, last year was for me as an operator, is my toughest year of my career. Uh, it actually surpassed my first year, which I never thought would happen. It was different, of course, but it had to do more with um, the stress pressure of kind of three years running of COVID, challenges of staffing, challenges with profit. Uh, I actually labeled it when I was able to process through it towards the end of the year and came out with what turned out to be, you know, in a lot of ways, I would, I, I've said this, it was my um, my weakest or my most challenging year as a, as a leader. It's not but I felt like I had a bad year as a leader. But on the end, there's a lot of growth. But I dealt with fear, you know, fear of the unknown, frustration, you know, things not going as planned and all the things going on in the world, fatigue. I was dealing with a shoulder that needed to have surgery and I was waiting because we were trying to move into a house and failure. And I think a lot of that failure was perceived failure because we compare ourselves to other people. But I call them the four F's. But what that caused was is kind of a convergence of um, uh, anxiety. And so when that you know, the, you start, or I started focusing in on all the negatives. I lost my clear preferred picture of the future, that vision to be that, vi you know, strong visionary leader. Uh, I was more negative, harsher, you know, with my officers and directors. And it was kind of in a dark place, you know, quite honestly. And um, in the fall, uh, I had had, a meeting where I'd walked out of the meeting with, with my, with my leaders and it didn't sit, it was actually a bit strategic in what I did. If they responded a certain way, I was going to walk out. And, um, a couple of days later, I really was processing that and realized the problem wasn't them. It was me. And, you know, personally, uh, just to be open, that happened in a time of prayer before the Lord and my heart really got, was broken over, over that. And, you know, really realized that I hadn't really understood this. The understanding came pretty quickly that the pressure and the stress, the pressure and the stress and the anxiety of stuff that had been going on had, it's like boiling the frog one degree at a time. I didn't really realize how bad it had become. And how much I'd lost my true north and um, almost lost one of my best leaders over that. Fortunately, um, they hung in there with me and I was able to share what had gone on. Completely transformed me, you know. Suddenly the light comes, you know, the sun comes out, you know. And uh, nothing changed in my environment, but everything changed inside me. 
and the interesting thing is I remember in that time of prayer and what was going on, I was like, gosh, Lord, you know, I thought I was better than that, more mature than that, long-term operator, you know, and pride was involved in that. So there's a lot of things that, but it was my worst year as a leader, but it was also transformational. And it's moved into this year now where I'm more excited than I've ever been. I think my leadership team is behind me more than I've ever been. And, you know, it's all about having this great year, uh, getting back to, you know, doing, doing the things we want to do. So, uh, I don't know if that was very, uh, too convoluted. No, that, that, thank you for, for one, that just the humility, the transparency of that. I'm just imagining there, I'm, I imagine there's someone's listening right now who is right there, right there where you were, you know, when, when all this was at its hardest. And so hopefully they will hear that one, there, there's another side to it. There is a breakthrough uh, that's possible. And uh, so I, I appreciate your willingness to share that. I've never seen your team more aligned. Um, there's so much energy among your, especially your top leaders, the ones I am interacting with. And so, um, and, and you're starting to see the fruit of that alignment. So, but yeah, tough time. And I'm thinking back, there's a lot of operators and other leaders just around the world, right. That were still dealing with the, the trauma that happened during COVID. I like to think of it as there was an earthquake and it's like there was a bridge involved in this earthquake and no one could see cracks in the bridge until now we're starting to see those cracks kind of show up. We all push through with uh, kind of adrenaline and we got things done. But what I hear you describing is you ran out of adrenaline. There were more challenges ahead and it was just, it kind of, you kind of hit a wall. Does that describe it fairly well? You're going along, you think you're doing good and you think you're doing fine and and it, it uh, yeah, it was that. It's like an endurance run, you know, where at some point you just you or are, it's kind of like not getting the fuel, and you know you got to be really self-aware. One of the things I learned about, you know, with chronic anxiety, there's different forms of anxiety, but chronic anxiety is also called leadership anxiety. It's the very thing I was dealing with, and you have expectations uh, of what reality is and things that they're you know, impossible to meet. But chronic anxiety is the only anxiety that's contagious. So all of my leaders last year suffered because of me under the anxiety and stress I was under. I wasn't doing well. They struggled. And so uh, I've learned a lot about this. I did a lot of self-research and, and, and looking into this. And, and um, that was a big part of the big motivator to go, hey, I want to make sure this doesn't happen again to me, but also help them understand and help them learn and understand this as well, because this can happen to anybody, you know, uh, none of us are averse to it. And, um, and so it's been interesting as I started, and we know this, when a leader does better, is doing well, then that's the best opportunity for those below him or her to do, to do well. If the leader's not doing well and they're struggling, uh, then it's going to affect those around them. So I was fortunate. God was gracious. Um, my team hung in there with me. And so it's pretty, 
it's pretty special right now to be where we are from where we were at this time a year ago. It was uh, some of probably the toughest time of my career. What a tribute to them too for, for carrying you at a difficult time and sticking with you. And, and now y'all are so much stronger together. You made it through that, that challenge. So it's a beautiful thing. It is. It's, it's good to be on the other side as well. All right. Thank you, everyone listening today. I want to thank Mark Cufford for being on the show and, and sharing transparently about some of the challenges that he's recently faced. I'm excited about their team. We've been able to work with their team for several years now. And one of the things that, that we've been able to do with them is to help them create their own culture brand. And so Mark referred to this earlier and and to help you understand a little bit more about that, it's it's our way to help you design and build the culture that you dream of. And so they're able to measure behavior and, and how everyone should show up to the team and even on how to get results, how to team together, how to do character. And so all of that's built into a very simple tool that's unique to each team, each organization. So if, if you're in need of something like that, we can help you design and build your own culture brand and use it in your organization in a powerful way, just like Mark has. So if you're interested, go visit us at buildyourculturebrand.com and there are more resources and contact information there. I look forward to getting to know you. Thank you for listening to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Raines. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We would like to note that LeadersQ serves individual owner-operators and their teams and is not affiliated, endorsed by, or in any way officially connected with Chick-fil-A Incorporated.